What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a Deep League-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. It's been a while. Nice to see y'all again. Uh, my name is Jordan White, and I am joined here, as I always have been, and hopefully will be, unless he leaves me, Christopher Schwebzy Weber. Schwebzy, what's up, dude? How you doing? Hi, friends. I have spent the last month figuring out how to leave you in a, you know, in, in a non-devastating way, and I just have not been able to do it. So here we are. This is the breakup pod, everyone. This is this is the band breaking up. I have personally, actually, because we just haven't been podcasting, I've been in a chrysalis waiting to emerge, and I, I we're back now. So I'm I'm back in podcasting mode here with my my good buddy uh, who's apparently going to leave me. A podcast of two people so socially awkward they can't tell each other they hate each other and will just podcast in forever as a result. So you're stuck God, with us. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't it be so? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that just be the actual worst thing in the world? Just this constant tango that we're in together of just like, uh, it'd just be a lot of work to like just stop now, too. Yeah. I don't want to have the conversation. We'd, uh, we'd have to figure out custody of the podcast. I mostly just want custody of the Adobe Creative Cloud subscription. That's pretty much all I care about. <laughs> but, it's fine, but uh, I, I get to hang out with Nick Pollock on weekends. That's all. Honestly, fair exchange. I'll take that. That's totally all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, for those of y'all that have been following us uh, previously in the 2021 season, now it is the 2022 offseason. If you want to keep up with us and what we're up to on the pod, when we're going to have new episodes dropping, things like that. You can follow us on our social media pages. That's going to be in the deep PL at, on Twitter. And then personally, you can follow me, Jordan, at Bunt Singles and Schwebzy at Schwebzy. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I. Uh, Schwebzy, when I was in a chrysalis, what were you up to on our hiatus? What were you doing? Uh, uh, too much, man. I've, I've had, man, it's like, I've had like the busiest work stretch of my, my career at this company. It's, uh, the softball season has now wrapped up sadly how, how, how did that go oh miserably i so uh <laughs> oh, I, i'm 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 like very likely moving across the country later this year it's true so this is the thing well later next year so this might have been my last softball game ever with this team that i've been playing with for like 10 years and i came up with men on base in a clutch situation after getting on base twice thinking like this is it i'm gonna i'm gonna you know make this a three for three day and i'm gonna go out a hero and i popped out so basically what you're saying is that you as because you are also you are a catcher correct you play catcher yes for the softball team it's like the exact opposite way that buster posey went out pretty like, much you, you you are the nega buster posey i actually uh had a very mets day because yeah i got on base twice when no one else was on base and then when there were men on <laughs> i just clammed up you are nothing if not always on brand. I am. That's, there's a reason I root for this team. Do you think you're going to take that energy with you when you move to wherever you're going to end up moving to? I cannot shake this energy if I wanted to. <laughs> it uh, permeates through every bit of my life. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was mostly just taking a nice mental health break. It was nice to step away from the pot for a little bit and kind of refresh, enjoy the playoffs hang out with some friends, play some games. I know that we actually still hung out quite a bit, even during our time off. So we, we, we spent can't more escape time each other. Together. No we really did. We, we literally cannot escape each other, no matter how hard we try. But it's pretty great. Not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, now that we're back, we're planning on releasing episodes every other week until early in 2022. We're not really sure exactly what the schedule is going to be at that point, but keep an eye out. We're going to announce that at some point. Um, 
we should be doing, I think, Sunday releases from here until the foreseeable future, right? Yeah, at least until the season starts. Yeah, we we, yeah, exactly. we still have to hammer out. Look, and if look, if you guys have any wishes uh, as far as the relief the release schedule, let us know. We would love input because really, when yes. we're, when we're planning this out, we're really just like, yeah, I guess this would be best for our listeners. But I would love to hear what you guys actually feel would be best for helping you guys set your lineups because at the end of the day, this is for you guys. So I would love any input on this. Exactly. Yeah. So like we were doing the Twitch streams on Sunday nights and releasing on Monday mornings. I know that there was some people that were really wishing that we would release the episodes on Sundays, which we're going to be doing right now for the foreseeable future um, due to just fab running on Sunday nights, things like that. So if you have any of that input, we're actually going to put some contact info in a pinned tweet on our Twitter page. Again, that's in the DPL as our handle. So make sure to go look there and you can fill out a Google form or send us an email or just tweet at us and let us know what you want. So uh, be sure to do that. Uh, we're also going to be probably having guests on during the off season and hopefully stretching into the regular season occasionally too, as needed. Um, if you have any recommendations for guests, feel free to shoot those our way too. If there's anyone that you really want us to connect with and like talk with, let us know. Uh, Shwebzi, who do you think your dream guest for the podcast is my my dream guest is brody van wagnon so i could just ask what he was <laughs> thinking what's the matter with you bro no <laughs> uh, uh that's i mean i don't blame you i mean in that same vein i didn't really think about this beforehand at all i was kind of just going to be shooting from the hip when you said this i kind of want to i would love to talk to like david stearns or oh God, farhan yeah. zaidi same i mean that would be like ideal well, obviously uh, um in, in a more like uh realistic realm uh but still a, a bit of a stretch i think for for what our platform is right now i would love to have you know saris on oh yeah absolutely you know would be a great get like the, there's there are a lot of people in the fantasy community and baseball writing community that i would love to just pick the brains of for a while um like you know uh max bay uh, alex mm-hmm. chamberlain well max is someone that has always been incre- like i don't know for anyone that's like been on ba- like fantasy baseball Twitter, or just like analytics Twitter in general, like whenever you have a question, you just pose it to the Twitter universe. I feel like every time that I've done that or I've known of someone else doing that, Max has always been like the first person to like drop something super relevant and helpful into their DMs. Yeah, that, Max's, I mean, Max's handle is. Yeah. And same here, like within the past two, two or three weeks. Yep. And I think Max's handle is choice underscore fielder. If I remember correctly, yep. he he just landed a job with it, but wasn't it the Astros? No. Yes. Maybe. Yes, I think so. Can't can't remember. Um. Yeah. Max always incredibly, incredibly helpful. Like, I mean, you'll find a ton of people who are super nice. Like if you shout something into the ether on Twitter, people will inevitably answer back with it's going to be some helpful stuff and some very unhelpful stuff. But you can usually sift through the chaff and find the actual helpful pieces of information but people are pretty great overall so uh people like that would be great obviously like i would love to have like janice scurrio on i would love to have folks like that i would love to have, just like my friends from white Sox twitter would be fantastic uh yes. overall um Mets, yeah, Mets so twitter great. is a cesspool so i don't really have many <laughs> no no there I mean, there are definitely some members of mets twitter who would be fun guests like uh, a timothy Ryder comes to mind I, I really enjoy his twitter feed absolutely yeah 
Yeah, we're going to have to start building our list and see who we can get. Obviously, like we've asked Nick Pollock to be on here. He, I mean, we asked Nick to be on the podcast like back last year. And I don't know, it was like May, for, for like early episode. in the season. Oh, it was for our first episode. Yeah. You're right. Actually, never mind. It wasn't, it wasn't that. But something came up. You can be on. Uh, we tried to re- uh, reschedule with him. It seemed like every single time that we tried to reschedule with him, like something else came up. Yeah, he has now turned us down for 31 consecutive episodes to, to be a guest. So yeah kind of sus at this point maybe next um, time maybe next episode maybe next time hopefully we'll see but yeah again if you have any people that you think that you would want us to have on as guests for the pod feel free to shoot that to us in the pin tweet on our twitter page um i guess past that kind of the only thing we really had planned for today aside from a little bit of banter catching up and stuff like that was we did have at pl a few of our analysts do a really really way too early mock draft uh Schwebzy was among them so he got to part- participate in this uh, a few of our analysts and also me <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it <laughs> but you kind of showed your own butt on that one so not really much i can do uh yeah so it was a 12 team uh 23 player rosters so 23 rounds standard five by five i think it was weekly head-to-head was the way it was set up yeah like if you were to go join a random yahoo league that's exactly that's, like that's a standard we yahoo league. Yeah, so in standard in the deep fashion we wanted to look at the really really late picks we i said post 200 initially but it kind of like left out a portion of a round so we just rounded back so any basically round 17 through 23 kind of cover picks like one would be 180 i can't do math shrubsy please help me no 192 sorry 192 and onwards there we go i figured it out we got it um you got I'm just there. flailing here and Schwabzy's just laughing at me as I try to do math in my head. Just steam pouring out of my ears as I do calculations. Oh, man. No, uh, I, so, I was looking at the draft board and getting angry because uh, you'll, you'll see. We'll get there in a second. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be looking at picks post-192 uh, and looking at these last seven rounds of this draft. Uh, we will have the full draft board posted in the podcast notes so be sure to check the notes if you want to look at the draft board for yourself while you listen to the pod it's really helpful to have the visual aid obviously um we will also tweet this out yes exactly so um just kind of to recap it i just wanted to start by saying schwebzy you were in the 12 spot here just going through your round 17 through 23 you went with let's just rattle right down the list you went with casey mize camilla doval eric lauer cal quantrill harrison bader O'Neill Cruz and Gavin Lux was the the final pick of this draft. Yes, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Did, yeah. How did how did you feel about this last stretch of the draft overall? I know that there's some favorites of ours on here for sure. All right. So uh the reason that I was angry looking at this draft board and yes. partially the reason that I wound up drafting uh Eric Lauer, Cal Quantrill, that duo uh was in one turn. In the 16th round, or sorry, 17th round, Aaron Ashby and Carlos Hernandez went. They did. I will be stunned, stunned if their ADPs wind up that high, like out in the wild once that data starts coming out. And it's well, not, I, guess it, I think they belong it, higher than they're going to wind up. But I, anytime someone like this got drafted in this draft, I felt personally offended. <laughs> because it's uh it's our guys those are yes. our guys yes and they know it. they know it 
they do know that. I mean, like, Ad, I'm not surprised that Adam picked Aaron Ashby because, I mean, I've just talked so much to so many people at PL about Aaron Ashby over and over and over again. I'm actually writing an article right now. Keep your eye out for that. That should be out within the next two-ish weeks once I actually finish my research on it. But, like, between that and, like, the Carlos Hernandez pick by his co-host Kevin Hasting, who is a huge Royals fan. That makes I mean, sense. It makes sense that he would go there too. But I mean, yeah, you got, I mean, especially in something like this where it's like, it's not going to be exactly reflective of what people's ADPs are going to be, especially with so much to unfold throughout this off season between people signing in certain places, how things go during spring training, blah, blah, blah. But you still have to kind of like reach and get your guys. Yes. So, I'll, I'll, so uh, a little bit more background about this draft. The whole point was to, I, I guess at the end of the day, the whole point was to create uh, content for PitcherList at the end of the day, really. Hashtag content. Yeah, we love that content. Daddy made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite <laughs> open wide. Uh, so that was the musical portion of this podcast. You're welcome. Here comes the content. So uh, we each of the 11 other managers are going to be joining Nick Pollock on on the corner where we will be discussing this draft and our picks and why we chose the players we chose. So there were a lot of people reaching for their guys. Correct. So, uh, yeah, we, we are going to see a lot of that. Uh, there was, there was a lot, a lot of that from myself because there were just players I really wanted to talk about. Uh, and yeah, so, uh, you're going to see things like Carlos Hernandez going in the 17th round which i really doubt he goes that high once we get to actual draft season but uh god like i would have loved to have taken you know carlos hernandez in the 19th instead of cal quantrill yes absolutely i mean so the thing is too is hence the name of our site pitcher list that we do this podcast for people are going to be very on top of these certain pitchers that they're going to want to reach for so it's like, especially in a draft like this amongst our peers at the site, you're going to have to go even higher than you usually would to try to grab some of these guys in your home leagues. It's highly unlikely, like Schwebzy said, that a lot of these pitchers are going to go at the places they went in this mock draft. You're going to be able to wait a little bit longer on some of them. So don't feel like you have to reach too far. But if you really want someone, definitely, definitely just like go for it. I mean, especially at this point in the draft, like you usually have your entire starting lineup filled out. You can kind of take a risk here and there. Uh, at one point we should do an episode well, i really I, I kind of every episode for us is like this really but we should do an episode of just like how how to wreck your home league co your uh competition <laughs> i mean that'd be really nice like these are guys your boss has never heard of so you know you can wait on him honestly kind of true a few like work leagues that i've done it's been like a pretty baseline knowledge yeah. overall and it feels kind of like cheating it does like it does like uh this year i paid more attention than ever to uh, deep league players because yeah. you know of everything we are currently doing and spouting into your ears so uh i dominated my home leagues this year like i cannot stress how much i dominated my home leagues and i felt a little bit guilty it, it, i felt like i was cheating because just of uh, because thanks to this having to do this podcast having to i'm forced to do this podcast uh, I just know so much more than, you know, the, the layman fantasy baseball player at this point. Uh, not, not so commonly known fact. We actually have to, uh, commit a blood oath when signing up as members of 
pitcher list and producing content for Nick Pollock. <laughs> just hoping that we could, like with with the blood we've given that we can just I, I can get a army of Jordans because that's what I really want. The content would be of, an army of me. The, the content would be unbelievable. Bru- any more than one of me would be just too much power for the universe. I don't know if you understand this. That's too much. Too much going on. Um, so, okay, Schwabzi, let's get back on track here a little bit. Out of your last seven picks, which one do you think was your favorite? Again, you picked Casey Mize, Camilla Duvall, Eric Lauer, Cal Quantrill, Harrison Bader, O'Neill Cruz, and Gavin Lux. Which one of those picks do you like the most at that point in the draft? I, I hate that I'm saying this, but I think it's Harrison Bader. Like, okay. So I'm, okay. I'm, there's a, so, uh, uh, there, there's a lot of outfielders in this range that went that I like a lot, like Jesus Sanchez, uh, Adam Duvall, Kirilov, uh, Adele, but there's a very real chance thanks to a five category contribution that Harrison Bader is by far the best outfielder drafted in this range. Yeah, I would I wouldn't bet money on him against the field, but I like his chances as much as any of these guys. Uh so one of the players that went in the very last round, uh Ramon Laureano, thanks to his suspension, uh went, went way later than he normally would. Yes. Like Bader can just Bader can do what Laureano does. Like yeah. just just full stop. Like he he can basically produce everything that Laureano does. So getting him in the 21st i feel like that's found money that's fantastic he yeah, cut, I think it's a really good deal yeah i mean we i definitely talked about this during the year harrison bader cut his strikeout rate and that was the only thing stopping him from being a good fantasy player or a really good fantasy player because he was already decent yeah i mean because he, he had his few little injuries this year as well right like he was hurt the one time he rolled over a ball and like her was that wait that was him right yes he i'm forgetting he, everything he, from 2021 he like, i think it he landed on a baseball like diving and like yes. dis, displaced the rib or something he like rolled over it yeah yeah yikes um but and he yeah, was, he's, gonna he be, was, he's gonna be a stalwart in that center field spot for st and, louis he's not getting displaced anytime soon so and i i know i've said this before but when a player gets injured like a, a player's playing at a high level uh, you know previously unseen and then gets hurt and then they come back and keep playing at that level then i'm particularly impressed because that means they've made some changes that they can sustain through hardship yes love it i mean i think that my favorite of your picks in the last one here I'm, i like bader a lot i agree with you on that one that it's a really good value in the 21st round i think my favorite is probably cal quantrill who like looked better and better as the season went on uh just like from an upside perspective i mean eric lauer also excellent at the end of the year and i'm not i just didn't want to be a homer and pick him either um but no the cal quantrill pick i like a lot personally and obviously we both are huge fans of camilla duvall so i really really enjoy a lot of these last few picks casey myas i'm medium on um lux i'm medium on i would say uh, O'Neill Cruz in the very incredibly small sample that we saw from him hitting the ball. What was that? Like 110 miles an hour. Oh no. It whatever was, it was. No, it was harder than that. It was like 117 or, no, or something stupid. It was 118.2. Yeah. That's what it was. It's real Never hard. Mind. It wasn't 110. It was 118.2. It was very, very hard. Um, if you guys are really unaware, exciting. 
something that we really like here on the podcast is when very large people hit the ball really hard. Big boy hit ball far. And O'Neill Cruz is one of the biggest boys because he is a six foot seven shortstop. And uh, yeah, he, he can oh really, really put a hurting on a baseball. Just like weirdly reminds me of Jake DeGrom a little bit. Like just a very tall, like shortstop. He does. He has Jake DeGrom's body type. I think he's my, yeah. I think he's got an inch or two underground though. Yes, he is taller than taller than the ground. But yeah, that's you don't really see many six six shortstops. No. Or six seven shortstops, excuse me. But yeah. Um all right. So Schwebsy, we're gonna go to kind of like the rest of this draft here. I wanna kind of pose this question to you, and you can't pick yourself as much as you love to just like hype yourself up. Heck. <laughs> um out of the eleven other teams here in this mock draft, which person's team or which person's last seven rounds overall do you like best? So, and we, again, we are going to post this, in, uh, this graphic and link to our Twitter feed and in the show notes so that you guys can see these rounds also. But yes. my favorite is probably uh, Steve Gazul. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he went with, in his last seven rounds, Christian Javier, Joe Adele, Garrett Whitlock, Anthony Bender, James Caprellian, Hunter Green, and Mitch Garber. And I like this for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's already been reported that Hunter Green is going to be competing for a rotation spot. And if so, this is maybe the highest upside pitcher that was taken post round 17. Uh, James Caprellian had a great stretch. I'm not too big on him. That might be my least favorite of these picks. But both Whitlock and Bender have potential to be top tier closers. So, you know, getting them in rounds uh, 18 and 19 is fantastic. 19 and 20, sorry. Uh, Joe Adele, fantastic upside. He was a top three prospect for a reason. He showed flashes this year and then got hurt. So people might forget about the flashes. But uh, I love Joe Adele, and I would have been looking at him in that uh, spot where I picked Bader if he wasn't already gone. Christian Javier, we've seen him shove as a starter. Uh, he got moved into the bullpen, but he might wind up being a starter again. Given, uh, I don't know, well, what's the rotation looking like for Houston at this point? For Ver- Houston? Verlander's a free agent, isn't he? Verlander would be a free agent. Let me look real quick and see here. But yeah, so I, um, it, I, I think Javier... So currently, Javier would be SP5 according to fan graphs right now, according right? to roster resources. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but it must be nice to have someone like Javier be like your your bulk reliever when he can start start for <laughs> most teams. Uh, but yeah, even though he had a really underwhelming World Series, Javier is very very good, and if he's in the starting rotation, I love that pick. And he's then, not even twenty five years old yet either; like right, he's still very yeah. young. And he's one of those. I, I there's a weird thing about Houston, like surrounding their. Surrounding all of the things that have gone on with Houston in the past few years, yes, there have been a few pitchers there who have been just nothing but good, and I feel like they get kind of underrated. I don't know if it's just that natural inclination to underrate Houston players uh, after their scandal. Like Framber Valdez has never been anything but good. Christian Javier has never been anything but good. Same thing for like Lance McCullers, and it's I, I feel like all of these Lance guys. Lance McCullers would be an ace on so many other teams. Yeah. And he's, I, he's incredible for, for whatever reason, these guys don't seem to get the credit they are due. 
So yeah, if, if Javier winds up in the rotation, I just I love that's a fantastic pick. Yeah. And then to yeah. to close out the draft in round twenty three, Steve got Mitch Garver, who is a you know twelve team starting caliber catcher, and getting that in the twenty third round means that you did not waste a pick on a catcher in your first twenty two rounds, which is always nice. It is always nice. I mean, I really yeah, the, the Garver pick that at that point is really really good. There's so many catchers that went before that that are probably just as high risk that. I'm not particularly interested in taking like someone took like Ben Palmer took Adley Rutschman in the 21st round, which obviously Adley is not going to start with the major league club. Most likely Um, that's more of a stash. And I don't know if Ben actually took a catcher prior to that or not. Oh, it looks like he took Gary Sanchez in round 15. Okay. If I look at the board, so I guess just like as a backup, that's fine too. a stash until he can actually come up. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at other catchers that I might rather take. Like Wilson Contreras went in the 15th round. That's a pretty solid one. Um, I guess the only person, I guess, that did go before Mitch Garver that I'm really iffy on is obviously Adley Rutschman. And then I, I guess technically Ben's other catcher, Gary Sanchez. I think I'd rather have Garver than Sanchez at the spots that they were taken in this draft. Yeah. Again, Garver in the 23rd, Sanchez in the 15th. So. I mean, Garver finished the, let's see. Oh, never mind. This is not, this is not going to be the point that I thought it was going to be. Mitch Garver finished the number 24 catcher in Rasball's player Raider, but he also missed a ton of time. So it's hard to say uh, it's hard via eyeballing this. It's hard to say where he would have wound up with, you know, 200 more plate appearances. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Love to start to make a point and then very, very quickly realize that it's not a good point. <laughs> Buddy, that's like most of my sentences. <laughs> very Michael Scott energy. Yeah, sometimes I just start a sentence and I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> Incredible Michael Scott energy from both of us most of the time. Uh, yeah, I guess for me in this draft, the one or sorry, I guess I'll say two that kind of stand out to me as ones that I really, really like. I really like. Adam Howe's last seven rounds. Um, I really like, obviously, like just being me, I'm going to pick the Aaron Ashby guy. Fair. 100% of the time. I'm not going to dwell on that for that long. I really like the fact that he took Joe Barlow in the 23rd round because that's someone that's got like a very clear closer role, in well, my opinion. What, what were his seven picks? Oh, sorry. His seven picks, he took Aaron Ashby, uh, and then Alex Verdugo, Dylan Carlson, Alex Reyes, Vidal Brujan, Spencer Torkelson and Joe Barlow to wrap it up. So like the Ashby pick, I love, obviously I think that Ashby is going to end up starting, whether it's at the beginning of the year or they're going to move him into the role as the year goes on. Not totally sure. You just made the ugliest face. Ugh. Okay. I just got to explain to everyone right now. I can see Schwabzi on camera right now. He ordered these absolutely. What are they called? Zoa. Zoa. He ordered these, he ordered two <laughs> cases of Zoa energy drinks, which is the energy drinks that are marketed by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I, I, I made a mistake, folks. They, I mean, he looks like he's in pain while drinking them, but he's ordered two two cases worth, so he can't really not drink them. And you know who I have to blame for this is frequent listener and and Twitch stream participant, uh, the Unforgettable Fire, who told me that these were on sale, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, great, they're on sale. How it's, it's an energy drink. How bad can they be? But it tastes like drinking uh, 
chewed up vitamins and not like Flintstone vitamins, like just the good, the, the health, like the healthy kind of vitamins. Like it, it's horrific. Oh, it's God. And I'm not going to throw them out. I'm committed to drinking them. And it's just, it's painful. I, I, I've made a mistake. You're a stronger man than I. I probably would have ditched them I by now. I don't subscribe to the sunk cost fallacy. I'm drinking <laughs> these things. Damn it. Oh God. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, talking about, uh, the first pick Ashby, I'm not going to go deep into that. Everyone knows how much I love Ashby. Um, the Verdugo pick, he didn't have the greatest year this past year, but he's still going to be in a premier offensive lineup. He's going to be starting every day. Uh, I really like that. Uh, he's probably going to hit for a high average at least at the bare, at the bare minimum. So that's good. Uh, Carlson, again, same kind of deal. He's going to be playing every day in St. Louis. He's more of a, he's a, like Trubsy has said this, he's a better real life baseball player than he is a fantasy baseball player. At least at this point. Yeah. Um, there's upside there, though, still. Uh, Alex Reyes, I think, is still holding it in his mind that he wants to be a starter in 2022. He did say that last year, that he wanted to be a starter this year and moving forward. So, I mean, that could be a really, really sneaky, good pick. Everyone wants Alex Reyes to be a starting pitcher, except for Alex Reyes's elbow. Oh, no. Don't be like that. No. <laughs> uh, man. He was fine this year, though, wasn't he? until late in the season and then it all the wheels all fell off yeah i know we'll see i mean I, i'm hoping that we can at least get some good production of alex reyes i think it's an interesting pick again like a lot of these late round picks are going to be gambles speculation uh and like schwebzy said before these are guys that they're going to want to talk about on pods when they're talking about this mock draft um Fidel Bruhan, which i'm hoping that he has a spot like a clear spot moving forward it still feels pretty murky to me though see the the reason that i did not go with adam is because i just i just feel like there's a a way too high of a chance that at least three of these picks just wind up being wasted which it's fair you know what wait what's the so it's probably bruhan torkelson and then who else reyes i i I, I think there's a really strong chance that gallegos is the closer and then, uh, yeah, that's true. And then Reyes is either a bad starter or hurt, or a middle reliever. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I think. Oh man, yeah. The, the Reyes pick is a high variance pick, to say the least. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. It is not a bad thing to take big swings in the, uh, you know, in the late rounds of a twelve team draft because the waiver wire is so strong generally, but. I feel like, is he going to stash Bruhan and Torkelson for a long period of time? Then you're wasting most of your bench? Like, yeah. Likely not, no. And like, that's yeah. the thing, is like, with how it was last year, everyone knows how the beginning of last year went with how just rampant injuries were and how many lineups got absolutely ravaged early in the season. So when you have really limited bench spots, if you don't have IL spots... <laughs> Or if you have a limited number of IL spots, you can just be left kind of out to dry with so many of these people. And then you're just like essentially wasting draft picks. Like we so, know we know that it's it's not going to be you're not going to have the same team at the end of the year that you had at the beginning of the year. But it's still at least worth not wasting potential draft picks. Yep. So Adam is actually our manager at Pitcherlist now. He he has recently taken over as the manager of uh, podcasts. Yes, yes. And what I like to do is when I have a new manager is to say mean things about them immediately, which is <laughs> what I'm doing right here. 
It's to establish dominance. <laughs> I am unmanageable. I can't. I no longer have a manager. I can't be managed. Schwabzi is pitcherless. Kanye. Oh my god. I don't know. I don't know if you all know this. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just railroaded that conversation. <laughs> I, did, I just apologize. realized, like, I as like I'm saying these things, and then I'm like realizing what I'm doing. It's cool. Realizing. Uh, the only man, the only manager I talk say mean things about is Nick Pollock. Otherwise, it's only out of love, though. Yes, it's only out of love. Um, come on the podcast, wait, you, Nick wait, Pollock. Wait, did you actually say something bad about Adam? No, I'm just, I'm just trashing several of his picks. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. I suppose so. Um, yeah, the Joe Barlow pick, I think I like better in terms of like trying to aim for a closer. I like that better than the that I like. Yes. I like that better than the Jake McGee pick. I mean, Jake McGee might still get the opportunity over Duvall at the beginning of next season. If he's healthy, it's hard to say. I mean, Duvall was fantastic at the end of the year and he throws absolute gas. So he'd be like, in terms of entertainment purposes, I'd rather see Duvall. But then you've got like also two picks apart in this draft. Someone took Paul Seawald and then another person took Ken Giles. So that's another contested closer role that you have to think about too. Joe Barlow, 23rd round, doesn't really have any competition at this point nah, that closer role. That Texas Rangers bullpen stinks. It's not great. It's not great. But like he's and he's pretty he's still pretty good. And like the same what very is young. Another one that's like that is one that Nick took, David Bednar. So you have David Bednar too is another person yes. that I mean was taken after Ken Giles and Paul Siebold and Camila Duvall. Like all of these contested closer roles where people aren't really sure. I'd rather like I know it's only a mock draft, don't get me wrong, but I'd rather just take the sure thing. And Bednar is definitely going to be closing for the Pirates next year at the beginning of the year, barring anything crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that Adams is still my favorite overall because there's a good, to me, there's a good mix of like stability and like risk mm. with his picks. And I think that there's a decent amount of upside across the board, especially like, and there's some exciting stuff with like both Bruhan and Torkelson. If they both do see time next year, I would love to see both of them in a more extended role in the majors. Obviously Torkelson getting his first taste, Bruhan being around for more than like a day. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in so uh, uh, there in the comment section of this draft, uh, it, it, cause it, because it was posted as an article, there was some discussion going on about uh, the, the validity of a mock draft happening this early in the off season. And I straight up commented that I don't think it's that useful with, but with some exceptions that are very important and uh, like such as identifying trends, identifying positional depth and scarcity. And one thing that we've noticed is that, God, there's so many iffy closer situations to the point where, like, in yeah. what in an early turn, I think, it, God, it might have been like the seventh, eighth round turned. I just went like Chapman Diaz because I'm looking around at the closer landscape and I'm like, oh my God, this is so like, it's just tumultuous. Like, who knows what's going on with half the closer situations in the league? So I just picked a couple safe ones because I didn't like the starting pitchers at that part of the draft. And I just wanted to lock down the closer situation of a couple teams. Yeah, there's just so many. There, there's so few capital C closers left in the league. It feels like that have super safe jobs that you're either picking someone like Schwebzy did, and you're taking 
two fairly early picks and investing those and ensuring that you're going to be getting a decent amount of saves or you're just rolling dice late and that's it and, like i love camilo duvall but i also acknowledge that mcgee could get the job as you know the resident veteran former closer and also the giants had like eight guys with a sub three era in their bullpen last year it was yeah. ridiculous like there were like, the giants had like two september bullpen games against the mets and just like they just ran out a string of clo- of of relievers who could be closers on a bunch of teams it was stupid so yes Duvall ended the season and went through the playoffs as the giants closer and i believe he has earned it but what i believe doesn't matter like there's a handful of guys who could wind up being the closer for the giants next year so it <laughs> I I, I, all, yeah. I wound up kind of being like the closer guy on the podcast this year, and I have no idea what's going on with like a dozen teams. It's so painful. It's such a painful thing to do because you can just be there. There's so many ways for you to be wrong. Yeah. Far more ways for you to be wrong than there are ways for you to be right. That's that's the downside of that. It's, it's a pretty thankless job in a lot of cases, which is why I'm like very envious or not. I'm sorry, not envious. I'm very uh, ad, I admire Rick Graham a lot. Yes for writing so many like save hold articles throughout the season just like that grind has to be so much and also just like paying attention to like how recently people have pitched and how that's going to affect things from week to week mm-hmm. and how many outings you've gone in a row things like that and so, like who, who's gonna get the uh, uh who's gonna get the vulture saves this week exactly yeah it's right. a very it's a very fine art that i am not i'm personally can say i'm not great at yeah, I only started paying really close attention to it late in the year when some of the best targets on the waiver wire were closers, which did like a- after a certain point that did happen. Like around August, uh, yeah. a lot of the really good targets did happen to be relievers. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show yeah, it's like Yay small deep things leagues. like that. Yay deep leagues. Constantly making moves. Yeah, it's been interesting this year. Um okay, so Schwebzy, in this last like crop of picks in this last seven rounds, what do you think your favorite pitcher is out of all of these pitchers here? We'll go starting pitchers. We'll narrow it down to that. Because we right. talked about relievers a little bit here. Let's talk about starting pitchers. Which one do you think is your favorite one here? So I I am again well, actually, I wouldn't pick one of my guys anyway, so uh, we don't have to use that qualifier here. Uh, Joe Ryan, who went in the 18th, uh, drafted by Pete Ball. I really like Joe Ryan. He's got such a unique fastball, and it works so well, and everything else in his repertoire plays off of it really well. And, I mean, first of all, it's just 
fun as a heavy quotes an analyst to uh just see somebody who has such a unique pitch work and watch it succeed so i i love joe ryan uh, i trust the minnesota uh recent changes in their pitching development so i'm very excited to see what joe ryan can do next year and also you know he he's a graduate of the tampa bay development system yes he is and uh you know there there's that <laughs> we, we we like to say that if tampa bay trades someone away that you should be wary of them but uh that doesn't really in in reality it's not so cut and dry like just look at jake cronenworth like it's true it, they're yes. not they're not perfect and joe no, ryan looked aren't. great last year yes he did the fastball is especially interesting from him he yeah. had a very unique movement profile he doesn't throw it very hard he only throws like 91 i think he he tops at like 92 maybe no his he's got like a perfect doesn't he have like 100 percent spin efficiency on his fastball yes, or something he has incredibly just... good spin efficiency it tails just like ever so slightly uh and yeah it's it's a beautiful pitch it's very very good yeah, he's honestly, not a guy that's gonna blow people away with velo but he's got just uh it's it's a beautiful fastball i'm pretty sure we did a uh a, a gif breakdown of his debut yes and it's someone did 100 percent. i remember I, it might have been ben palmer but uh it's 100 percent mm. worth seeking out and watching because his pitches just the fastball specifically does really interesting things yeah love it uh i think my favorite one from this last seven rounds was in the last round i really like scott chu again being a homer like many people were in this draft and picking michael fulmer michael fulmer kind of blew me away at the end of last year like he was not a good starter just plainly just he was not a good starter he got moved to the bullpen and then at the end of the year i remember seeing him pitch against the brewers and just making every single hitter look foolish Mets I was like, who legend. is this? Mets legends. Mofa. Mofa. One of, one, of those, one of those Mofas. Michael Fulmer famously traded for Yoana Cespedes. Oh, wow, he was. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Fulmer made the Brewers look really, really bad in that one outing, and I just, I, I was very surprised. It seemed like he was pitching with more intent. Obviously, you can kind of let it rip a lot more when you're not a starter, and maybe that's what he needed. Um... But I feel like Fulmer has a very, very good shot at being the Tigers' closer this year. Because the only other person that I think that he's really going to be competing with, who was taken a few rounds before him in these last seven rounds by Pete Ball, um, was Gregory Soto. And I really don't know if Soto is going to be able to compete with Fulmer next year. It's going to be interesting. That's I mean, there's so many closer battles in this last seven rounds looking so- at it. Soto went one pick before Bednar, and that drives me crazy. That one I don't get. That one I don't get at all. There's so many like, like little like things that I can nitpick about this last seven rounds for sure. Like I looked, I remember I told you before we started recording that I didn't think that Kyle Muller should go after the stretch of three pitchers before him. That was Daniel Lynch, Grayson Rodriguez, and Corey Kluber. Uh, I think Kluber. I think Kluber's going to be the one that people are most like. Uh, are you, yeah, are you that's, sure? That's the one about? I was thinking. I just like the upside of Muller way more. I know that Nick's a big fan of him too. Um, mm-hmm. It probably bothered. I wonder if it bothered him that Kyle Muller went one. Oh. oh God, it's so good. I wonder if it bothers Nick that Kyle Muller went one pick before his uh, his turn in that round. Probably. You know, we know he likes him. He wound it's up true. getting Soroka in the next round. 
just he wanted did, that. Yes. Just wanted that uh, Atlanta Braves fix. Yes, he did. The barbs. Oh, the barbs. By the way, congratulations to all of our uh, Atlanta fans out there on the World Series championship. Uh, are, we, 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 are we still talking we, about that? We, <laughs> I know it hurts you. I know it hurts you. But yeah, we we literally almost went an entire episode without even talking about the World Series. I'd like to forget it happened. Remember how Tyler Matzik almost got arrested during the parade because they thought he was just some schmo who just wandered out into the street? He, he should be arrested for the, for that performance uh, during the playoffs this year. It was it was criminal how filthy it was. I must say he was very good. He was fun to watch. Um, Can't wait for him to turn back into like a four ERA reliever next year. Never. It's not going to happen. He's etched into legend at this point in my mind. He was he was so fun to watch this off or this uh this postseason. Oh. He was uh, he was unreal. Why wasn't he drafted? That's what I want to know. Oh, it's because it happened before the playoffs were over. Never mind. Um, okay, just going back to the last little thing I want to cover here. We already talked about pitchers, obviously. What's your favorite position player pick out of everyone here? All right, so ignoring my own pick of O'Neill Cruz, who I love. Hmm. So there are a lot of guys in this range who are like, who who are like our guys throughout the year. I I think might be Ty France. I like that one. Ty France just hits. It's not my favorite, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there's so many good ones to choose from down here. Like, I mean, Scope is another one. Like, Scope is a really good one. Scope is 100% going to outproduce this draft spot. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd be stunned if he didn't. But uh, he, he is a free agent, so he could wind up somewhere else. But I mean, really going anywhere but Detroit is going to be a step up. Like, so let, let me think. Jonathan Scope is a righty. Um, if Scope wound up, God, I don't know. In in like Citizens Bank ballpark. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I would love him. Like I mean, that, at this point in the draft, I take him anywhere. I mean, he was playing in Detroit, yes, in Detroit yes. which is notably not a great hitters park. Oh yeah, I'm just thinking like, what what ballpark would he like explode in? Is what I'm thinking. But yeah, like a, a, he's a good pick anywhere. We thought he was going to explode in, in uh, Miller Park, formerly uh, Miller Park, now American Family Field. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I he forgot did. he's a Bofa. He is a Bofa. It is a Bofa right there. Um, unfortunately, did not blow up like we wanted him to. He was still good, and just not great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm cheating. Yeah. I'm cheating by just picking a bunch of guys. But Brandon Rogers also is that. Oh, never mind. You you did you did only pick two uh, second basemen. I thought you had picked three of the second basemen, but never mind. I'm I'm, I'm literally blending your pick and what I was going to pick <laughs> as one of them. Um, I think Nicky Lopez might be my favorite. Yes. Um, he was just like, he hit for great averages here. He steals bases, which is something that, again, I'm notoriously bad at drafting. And if I can ever find them late in a draft, I am, I am enthralled to do so. I'm, um, I'm really curious about how Nicky Lopez's career is going to play out at this point, because he was not a stolen base threat before. No. It's all about intent, right? Yeah. And like, is he going to keep doing that? You know, how, how many stolen bases in his career do you think Nicky Lopez had before 2021? So this is in about 600 plate appearances. How many stolen bases do you think he had before 2021? Nine. One. <laughs> he had 22 this year. 
in roughly the same amount of plate appearances. So, yes, he did, in fact, just decide to start stealing bags. Will he keep doing it? I if hope so, so. If so, great fantasy asset. If not, then he goes back to being, you know, a very punch and Judy hitter. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, him and then also in that same round, I also liked Michael Brantley. Yes. Just like Always a very good. safe average bat. He's hit, he's hit 300 over the past four years, and the year before that, he hit 299. Like, he's just going to be, he's very bland. He's not going to put up a ton of counting stats. Not going to steal bases or anything like that. But like, if you need like just an at a nice average floor guy, like, I mean, Michael Brantley is always good. I always love guys that just, that just fill roles like that on your teams. Well, um, liking Michael Brantley means you're getting old. Ah, no, it just means it, you're, he's just a professional no. hitter, man. It's Stop just... it. Stop. No, <laughs> stop. Not like this. This is not how I find out. I don't find out in the middle of a recording. You save that until afterwards. It, look, tell me the, the first time in your life that you say like man he could just roll out of bed and hit a single to the opposite field that means you're getting old i did not say that you thought it no i d- man <laughs> i quit i'm done does anyone uh, just for all the people out there does anyone want to host a podcast who, okay who, who wants to tolerate me <laughs> yeah. i was able to do it for a full year so you can do it i'm sure it's fine. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm trying to think other position players that I really, really liked in this last seven rounds. I guess probably, I mean, Adam Duvall for like some nice power. Um, at least Garcia is like a power speed combo is totally fine at this point in the draft. I'm surprised he went in the 17th. I, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting him to be like a very, very high draft pick. He did fall off as the year went on, but like. So it, it's it's fun drafting immediately after the season because all of the biases are incredibly fresh in your mind. And yes, you know, when you're when we were drafting in early October, like Garcia's slump was very, very fresh in everyone's mind. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. The recency bias is going to be pretty heavy at that point, I suppose. But it, it still kind of surprised me that he went that far back in the draft. When Again, I do not, not expecting like top 100 picks or anything like that, but definitely not at that point in the draft. Yeah. When I do my episode uh, with of on the corner regarding this draft, you're going to hear me railing against recency bias really hard. Because uh, that's fair. It, it's very likely that, you know, with, with an off season's worth of you know, stepping back and taking a look at things that a lot of these guys' stocks look way different than they look, you know, at this exact moment. Yeah, and then with like a full off season of actual like analysis where you can really, really dive deep into like batted ball profiles and everything like that too, opinions and perspectives are gonna shift. Yeah. Constantly. So um yeah, it'll be hard to say. I it it'll be a fun little exercise to see where we are like three four months down the line compared to this mock draft i would really like to see that just like a a side-by-side comparison of how far people fell rose whatever it may be i mean obviously like there's plenty of like signings to happen you have say a suzuki who's gonna be coming over from npb who who knows where he's gonna fall in draft rankings it's gonna be really difficult to say I, i mean there's there's a lot of unknown variables that are still yet to be added into the mix. Yeah, I know you you very much want for the Brewers to get to make a run at Suzuki. 
I mean, that's a total pipe dream. It really is. I just know that we need a right fielder because now, and I, I mean, I know they've entertained the idea of extending the qualifying offer to uh, Avi Garcia, but I also don't know why you wouldn't just, if you're going to be offering him a qualifying offer, you could spend a few million dollars more and try to make a run at Nick Castellanos. Uh, I mean, Castellanos might be, no, I was going to say he might be the best bat on the market, but I don't know if that's true with Correa out there also. He's a very good bat. He is a very good bat. I just, I just but don't. The thing is like, you could, you could probably get Seiya Suzuki for cheaper than you would get Castellanos or Garcia for. Yeah, but I mean, what if, it, spending that money on Suzuki is hoping that he is, you know, a fraction of as good as a Castellanos. I love, I love a gamble. I love a gamble. You're not going to be spending anywhere near as much, though. You're not going to be spending that kind of money. You're not going to be spending Castellanos money or Garcia money. Sure, but it's salary plus posting money. Yes. True. But, yeah. So, uh, I think that's probably the ones that I liked the most from the last seven rounds. Um, there's a few other names that I find kind of interesting, like Gilbadu is kind of cool there. Um Kirilov. Oh, that was one I wanted to talk about before oh, yeah, that I never I, came I loved, back to. Is like I, back to back I, to back. So Steve, like, yeah. So you got Verdugo, Adele, Kirilov. So you love had, all three of those. Yeah. You, you had Verdugo go first, then Adele, then Kirilov. I would have. I think I rather would have Kirilov than Adele, based off of what I was able to see from Kirilov last year while he was healthy. No, I, I I would go Adele there personally. That's I mean that might just be me uh, hunting upside. Yeah, I, the upside. I can I can see the upside side of it for sure. It's just I, like I do like Adele a lot. Adele felt very streaky. What was Adele's K rate last year? That's what I want to know. Lower than you probably think. Twenty two point nine. That is lower than I thought it was. I thought it'd be like mid twenty mid to high twenties. Yeah, no, I I like Adele a lot to be a uh let's just say Kir- I I, I think also twenty two point five. Yes, I, I like Kirilov as a hitter, uh, but I think Adele is going to be a more multifaceted player and therefore be better in fantasy. Um, I, I very much expect, a, you know, so Adele went in the 18th round here. I, I think Adele is going to go like 10 rounds higher, you know, a year from now. Oh, damn, you think so? Yeah, that might that might wind up being a bold prediction of mine. Ooh. Oh, yeah, we have to do one of those episodes at some point, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's something I look forward to as well. Um, all right, I think that's it for the mock draft recap that we wanted to do. Um, Remember when we were like, yeah, we'll do a short episode this week? We always say that. And then just like Never. every other Pitcherless <laughs> podcast, we're going to go a little bit long. Sorry, it's all right. Um, yeah, is there... Oh, this is a question that I wanted to ask you. Is there any like big mistake or lesson learned that you have from the 2021 season in terms of just, it doesn't even have to be like specifically like in your process to like researching or anything like that for like fantasy baseball or like just like the leagues that you were in. It could just be in general. Ooh. See, that's tough because I, uh, a lot of the mistakes, the the large mistakes that I made this year, I think I'd be like that goofy mean and like, I'll do it again. And <laughs> because 
<laughs> yep, garbage. <laughs> so because like so some things that I messed up on this year where I, I I completely like blanket ignored pitchers like Granky, Scherzer, Morton. I just said if you're a pitcher over thirty five old. Exactly. I said if you're a pitcher yeah. over thirty five, I'm just not even I'm I'm forgetting you exist. And that worked for some pitchers and went horribly for others. Like uh, you know, not I had zero shares of Scherzer, zero shares of Morton. And I'm gonna do the exact same thing again. It's it's just me being yeah. risk averse. Um and yes, there are players who buck the trend, like your Verlanders, your Scherzers, your uh your Mortons. And then there's also old Wayne pitchers. Wright. Yeah, Wainwright. Uh, I, I God, I, I think this might have was this just an outlier year or am I stupid? You know, we'll 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 see. I yeah. guess. Um, and then I I need to. Uh, there were there were a lot of players that I drafted that fell, like in specifically in NFBC. Yeah, uh, our, our TGFBI league, and I they fell, and I drafted them thinking like what a value, and then now I have to go back and look at that because those some of those players tanked miserably and i need to look like did they fall for a reason like and i I need to i need to do some both self and player evaluation there to figure out where i went wrong yeah i mean looking at you jeff mcneil (laughs) i feel like there's a lot of stuff though that's like it's good process just poor result right i can kind of be chalked up to that that would be the that would be the name of my uh my biography Good process, poor result. That would be etched on my grave. Christopher Weber story. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, man. Um, no, I can kind of agree with a lot of the stuff that you said, though, honestly. Like, I, I can identify with a lot of that personally as well. Like, again, I also was someone that faded a lot of older pitchers. I mean, I got really lucky and just like, okay, there's literally no one else here at like whatever round I was in TGFBI, and I took Adam Wainwright, and he ended up being probably my best pitcher because. The ground was hurt for most of the year. Like it was, it was weird. It was really, really weird. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I did though, that I really regret is I joined like way too many leagues. Oh, I'm in the same boat. I was, I was in like between like, it, it, whether it's like weekly moves or like daily moves, I was in, uh, 13 leagues this past year. Ooh, more than me. Yeah. And yeah. I was incredibly overwhelmed and I would never recommend it to anyone. So, I mean, if you can do it and you enjoy doing that, you like the actual slog, like the slog of just like doing all of that and maintaining that many teams, please like by all means do it. It is not for me. If, if you do like do the that. slog, please take some of my teams. I mean, yeah, if you want. Yeah, I do have some teams that probably will need uh, some adoption at some point. Uh, I don't want to leave Wait, people out so high and dry. Did you do did you do the same thing that I did where it was like your first year being like, a, again, heavy quotes, baseball analyst. And you were like, I need to say yes to every invite. No, it was mostly like there was a lot of like the pitcher list uh, community leagues oh, that you, I got yeah, into. You, see, I didn't do any of the wacky leagues I, because see, I had. I, I did like four wacky leagues, which Oof. like yes, they're they're wacky leagues and they're supposed to be like weird and fun, but at the same but time, they a lot of them still re- yeah, they still require some investment. You don't want to just like ignore it because then it's not really fun for anyone. Right, and they're so different um, than other leagues that it requires a different kind of investment. You know, you're because yes. when you're studying for TGFBI, it's not the same as when you're studying for your pitchers only league. Exactly, and that's the hard part too about it is that it had its own like each league 
I think there was like some leagues that had different like waivers ran on different days. I hate that. And things like that, which was an absolute nightmare. So that I had no, I, 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 had no way, I had no way to figure out when waivers were going to, well, I did. I just was too lazy to actually put in like a spreadsheet or anything like that. But it's just like constantly forgetting when waivers are going to run. I made moves in some leagues and would forget to do it in the other leagues or I forget to set a lineup here and there. And then it just compounded as the season went on yeah. where I, I was a big contributor as to why I didn't I think I didn't win any of my leagues the the podcast league that we were in like yeah. the, the waivers ran on like Friday night into Saturday yep and we missed it like a, a dozen times maybe I more. Think we missed it 97% of the time it's ridiculous because when why why would you have <laughs> waivers close on Friday night foolish is what that is foolish gotta fix that yeah. for next year so yeah the Which, biggest thing uh, is like by uh, the way, don't overcommit uh, folks, there we we had a podcast league where uh, each pitcherless net podcast network podcast had a team, and we uh, we we tried to figure out who the superior podcast was. I think we uh, we made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure we did. We t- we lost our first round playoff game. I think to uh, I think Steve beat us. Yeah, was well, yeah, it was Steve. Steve beat us. Um, but yeah, our team was surprisingly pretty good thanks to schwebzy's lineup setting because again i was not very good at it throughout the year <laughs> but <laughs> yes that was that yeah. was the the wins above fantasy uh yes podcast that beat us steve steve and van yes congrats to the uh, did, they ended up winning it didn't they if i'm uh, not mistaken nope hacks and jacks won dang it Beating, I was gonna say at least them. we. Lo- I was gonna say at least we lost to the champions, but that's not even nope. true either. So it's fine. Uh, all right. Um. Yeah. I mean, oh, one thing that I wanted to throw on. I'm. I think we're pretty much done with this episode. But the one thing that I wanted to throw on here. Done with you in the, general, buddy. I can't get out of here fast enough. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> Sorry. That was really mean. Um, one thing that I wanted to uh, kind of just end the episode on because I forgot to sneak it in somewhere is that our good buddy Mikey Hedo has been doing Twitch streams recently. And what he's been doing on there is he's been helping people figure out how to effectively use the search function on Baseball Savant along with like some other really, really helpful analytic tools uh, using pitch leaderboard to research pitchers, things like that. Uh, if you want to go check out Mikey's Twitch stream, which Schwebzy and I will probably be hanging out in. <laughs> I can only assume Absolutely. Uh, go, go and follow Mikey over at twitch.tv backslash Mikey Ahedo. That's M I K E Y A J E T O. Um, you'll get notifications. If you follow when he goes live and everything like that, you can hang out with us, ask him questions. Uh, there's not really anyone else doing a regular stream like this. that's helping like educate people in the community. So it's definitely a really, really good resource and we should support Mikey. Yeah. And if you want a heads up on when these streams will be going live, uh, follow him on Twitter at DisTheMikey, which is D-Y-S-T-H-Y-M-I-K-E-Y. Perfect. Awesome. All right, buddy. I think we just did our first episode of the 2022 offseason. How does it feel to be back? Heck yeah. I cannot cannot wait to resent you all season long. Uh, I can't wait for it either, pal. On that note, on that very positive note, thanks for joining us once again. Schwebzy, send them out. Bye, friends.